talking benefits. 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 Talking. Talking. Talk a little bit about benefits. Yeah, benefits. Talking benefits. You are listening to Talking Benefits. Every month, we cover the top stories in retirement and healthcare, the latest benefits, hot topics, and whatever else the industry throws at us. I'm Justin Held. I'm Ann Patterson. I'm Julie Stick. And I'm Kelly Colesrude. Now let's talk benefits. Hello, all. Welcome back. We are continuing our series on mental health this month. Yes, this is episode two. If you missed the first episode, be sure to scroll back in your podcast feed and listen to January's episode on mental and emotional health. This episode, we're talking about stress, more specifically, how it impacts the workplace. We all know what stress is, but if we're getting technical about it, the National Institutes of Health say stress is how the brain and body respond to any demand. And they've got some interesting facts about stress, too. First of all, stress affects everyone, so no matter how zen a person may seem, they still deal with stress. Also, not all stress is bad. Long-term stress, though, can harm your health, and there are many ways to manage stress. Lastly, if you're overwhelmed by stress, ask for help from a health professional. Don't let it get out of control. Can we chat quick about the positives of stress? I often find that when I'm stressed, I have more energy and motivation to help me get things done and meet deadlines. Or if I have like a last minute notice that somebody's coming over, I clean the house much faster than if I have weeks of notice. I actually looked this up and this kind of good stress is called eustress. Well, that makes sense, Anne, because science shows that stress can help you work more efficiently and can even improve your memory. Mm. And Julie, on a physical level, uh, a healthy amount of stress can actually boost your immune system. Well, speaking from personal experience, if I have a deadline looming, I can shift into a higher gear and the stress of it seems to improve my focus and helps me get the task done. Totally agree, Kelly. But if there are too many deadlines or unexpected tasks popping up, a person can feel overwhelmed and stress can become a negative. That is called distress. I googled that too. (laughs) (laughs) And that's definitely true and that's what we want to discuss today on the podcast. Long-term stress can weaken the immune system and lead to other negative physical conditions like fatigue, catching more colds, and even high blood pressure and heart disease. And too much stress can also lead to serious mental health problems like depression and anxiety. According to recent foundation survey data, 40% of responding organizations say their worker population is either extremely or very stressed. In addition, more than a third report their workforce stress levels are higher than just two years ago. High levels of stress can definitely have an adverse effect on employees and can impact the workplace in a variety of ways. For example, overstressed workers have more accidents, and so high levels of stress can be a safety hazard. Overstressed workers are typically distracted workers, and that leads to the phenomenon called presenteeism. And that's where employees are at work in body, but they don't have their heads in the game and they can't focus. According to our research, 64% of responding employers told us that mental health issues have been a contributing factor to their workers' presenteeism. That's true, Julie. And in addition, the physical and mental health effects of stress we mentioned earlier can also lead to higher levels of absenteeism and increased health care costs for employers. So there's a direct effect on the bottom line. Our study found that on average, 12% of an organization's health care costs are attributed to mental health issues, and more than half report that costs have gone up in the past year. These issues can also impact workers' compensation and disability claims. 
Another concern for employers is that too much stress for employees can lead to burnout, which can then, of course, lead to lower productivity and employee turnover. So in our mental health and substance abuse survey, more than 60% of the organizations we surveyed say that mental health and substance abuse has an impact on their overall job performance, which makes sense. Well, I guess the big takeaway here is that employers should be concerned about their employees' stress levels. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about what employees and their employers can do to de-stress. Hey, Rose. I was trying to schedule a meeting with you for April 30th, but I see you're booked already. What's going on? Something super exciting, actually. I just registered for the Prescription Drug Cost Management Virtual Conference. It's from 10.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time that day, and I already blocked off my calendar so that I can attend online without any interruptions. That does sound great. What are the sessions covering? Well, there are four sessions, actually. One is on pharmacy benefit manager contracting. The others are managing specialty drug costs, pharmacogenetic testing, and prescription drug adherence. And then there's actually going to be a panel discussion at the end so that I can ask the speakers any final questions I have. Wow, and you're doing this all from your office? Well, I could, but the International Foundation is actually sending me a gift card for a free coffee just for signing up. So I'm going to cozy up at the coffee shop across the street and watch live from there. Hmm, I better look into this. What's the website? Go to ifebp.org slash rxcostmanagement to register. See you online. Before the break, we discuss negative stress or distress. The next question is, how can employees manage stress so it doesn't get out of control? What do you guys do to manage stress just personally? I find that exercise is helpful in managing my stress levels. Yes, for um, sure. I'm currently training for a charity bike race this summer, and uh, it's doing wonders on my stress levels. And experts have actually long recommended exercise as a way to alleviate stress. That's awesome, Justin. All those endorphins from pedaling. Also, Justin, you probably sleep better after exercising that day. I know that works for me when I'm running. I Absolutely. Just, yeah, and getting enough sleep is an important way to combat negative stress. A lot of people have also found like essential oils can help with either falling asleep or combating stress throughout the day. I know lavender and lemongrass are especially calming. Even something like chamomile tea can help. Mm -hmm. Well, for me, I find that when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I have this tendency where I just want to procrastinate things. I need to take a moment and write out a fresh to-do list and then break down those big tasks into smaller steps. It's very satisfying to me to be able to cross <laughs> tasks off a list. If you could see Kelly's face right now, she's so happy thinking about crossing things off of a list. I'm doing it with my hands as I say this. Also, if a deadline's really tight and it can't be changed, other tasks just simply have to be postponed. Plus, sometimes you've got to say no. You may not always have that luxury at work, but outside of work, you can try to avoid over-volunteering. Mm, she's talking directly to me when she says that. Yeah, Julie. <laughs> You're so good, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, I can totally relate to the organizing. I definitely need to Marie Kondo one of these days, for sure. Um, I'm absolutely less stressed when my house is in order and junk isn't piling up. And it's funny because at work, it might not be right in front of you, but it's definitely in the back of my mind when I'm thinking about everything piling up at home. It can go for your desk too. Sometimes just taking a couple minutes to sort out your paperwork or go through your mail is really helpful. 
Whew, I can totally relate, and yikes. Okay, not thinking about the clutter in my house, not thinking about the clutter in Don't my think house. Don't think about it, Julie. Don't think about it. Now, for me, I find a great way to de-stress is to spend time with friends and family. It's especially helpful if these friends or family members are funny and enjoy a good laugh, and anyone who knows me knows that one of my favoritest things in the whole world is to laugh. Yes, you're a great audience for any funny things. I appreciate. I appreciate humor. So, but if my fun-loving friends and family aren't around, they're not handy, I like to seek out something that will make me laugh, like a funny book or a movie or a TV show. You know, a great go-to for me is a tried-and-true episode of The Carol Burnett Show, like when Tim Conway's being the dentist, can't can't help myself, or a movie like The Princess Bride or... Galaxy Quest or something. And yes, I am once again on this podcast dating myself. You're inconceivable, Julie. Oh, I love that. It's a great idea. Well, speaking of movies, I was just talking to my mom last week and she told me this funny coincidence. My dad was getting on her nerves and she didn't want to lose her temper with him. So she headed off to the budget movie theater to catch a matinee. While she was in line to get her popcorn, my brother shows up next to her, and he's a business owner and just lives a few miles away, but he walks up to her and says, Mom, what are you doing here? (laughs) And she said, well, your father is driving me crazy, so I decided I needed a break. And she turned to him and said, well, what are you doing here in the middle of the day? And he said, well, I was going to kill my accountant. So I decided, (laughs) no, I'll take a break and go see a movie. So obviously for my family, we believe in movie therapy. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. It's a great coincidence. Mm -hmm. And Kelly, while they're watching those movies, they might want to keep that popcorn in check. Paying attention to what you eat and drink can help with stress management. We often reach for the wrong things when we're under stress. Overindulging in caffeine or sugars can temporarily give you that burst of energy, but the crash that follows can make stress a lot worse in the long run. I mean, I'm still going to sneak down to HR once in a while to grab a piece of chocolate, Mm -hmm. but that's a great point, Mm -hmm. Justin. Absolutely. Another method to de-stress is to take a few moments to put things in perspective. A lot of people turn to journaling to write down what they are stressed about, or I also like the idea of writing down what you're grateful for to remind yourself of what's really important. I mean, Oprah does it, so we should probably all do it too. Okay. That's a good idea. (laughs) Some strategies that work for me are playing some records. Yes, those are vinyl records. Nice. Reading and just relaxing with my dog at home. Well, based on the stress relief techniques we just mentioned, I can think of a couple relatively easy ways that employers can help alleviate worker stress. Employers could offer and encourage exercise by providing places to exercise and even organizing exercise classes like yoga, for example, during lunchtime or after hours. They could also be sure to make available healthy snacks and drinks, and that does include dark chocolate because dark chocolate's good for you. I I believe that. Yeah, antioxidants. Right. Some other ways employers can help employees de-stress, they can offer training on how to manage time and get organized and also encourage managers to stay informed about workloads and help set up realistic, reasonable deadlines. And another type of training that employers may want to consider offering is resiliency training. Resilience is defined as the ability to adapt well to stress and involves a series of behaviors, thoughts, and actions that can be developed over time. There are organizations that offer training like this. If you offer an EAP, check with them. They may offer this type of training or they may be able to refer you to a group that does. 
The whole area of resiliency is getting more and more attention. And stay tuned to the Foundation over the next couple of months to learn more about this critical topic. Another stress reliever that we offer to employees at the foundation is on-site massages. Once a month, a massage therapist comes into our workplace and employees can sign up and pay for a 10 or a 20-minute massage, which is a great option. Oh, yeah. I'm like a really big fan of a massage. (laughs) Um, And speaking of seeking a calm time out to get relaxed, I think it's time to introduce today's guest. Yes, Julie. I'm already feeling relaxed thinking about what's to come. One approach to de-stressing that's been getting a lot of attention is mindfulness. We are so thrilled to have our own in-house mindfulness enthusiast, Sandy Tellefson here to tell us about it. Sandy is the manager of education services for the CEBS program at the International Foundation. Uh, Mindfulness is a passion of hers. She's gone through lots of training and education, and she has become our go-to person on mindfulness here at the foundation. So to kick things off, Sandy, can you tell us what mindfulness is exactly? Sure, Julie. The most common definition of mindfulness comes from John Kabat-Zinn, who's the founder of Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Program and a professor at the University of Massachusetts. And he describes it as the practice of paying attention on purpose in the present moment with an attitude of acceptance or non-judgment. Now, I know that's a mouthful and probably does not bring to mind any visual of what mindfulness is. So another way to look at it is it's awareness and attention training to increase our self-awareness and reduce our stress. If you think about it, when we take time to pay attention, we are training our brains to help us focus and to calm our minds and bodies. We become more aware of our thoughts and the impact they have on us when we're paying attention. We're also more in tune with our emotions, which helps us regulate them and better manage our responses to stressful situations or conflict. So what would be the benefits for employees to practice mindfulness? There are a lot of benefits. And one of the things about mindfulness is there's the mindfulness meditation sessions, and then there's kind of that goal to expand and and integrate that mindfulness way of functioning into your daily work life and home life. There's been a multitude of research and studies done recently on the effects of mindfulness on both emotional health and mental health, as well as physical health. And typically, that research takes a look at how does a regular mindfulness practice help people? And by regular mindfulness practice, they're usually looking at a daily practice of at least 10 minutes of mindfulness over a period of at least six to eight weeks. A lot of the studies will show that that's kind of their sampling. And they have found results such as a reduction of blood pressure and heart rate, improved sleep, reduced pain and anxiety, reduced fatigue and feelings of burnout, and improve memory, focus, and engagement. It's so amazing. wonderful. Yeah. There are a lot of a lot of impacts. There are several, I guess people refer to them as gurus in the area of meditation that have recently published a book to really take a look at how a regular mindfulness practice can almost permanently change some of our behaviors and, and our brain. And that's I think the big thing here is that it makes changes in our brain that then change our behavior and our emotions. 
And I'll just note a recent foundation study that we did uh, in 2018, just less than one-third of responding organizations offer some sort of mindfulness or meditation tools or resources. Yeah, actually, Justin Standy hosts short mindfulness sessions here at the foundation about three times per week. And it's such a great option for staff members who are trying to develop resiliency and manage stress. I've sat in on a couple and I've felt very centered and productive after. Can you expand a little bit on the process of actually bringing mindfulness training or sessions into the workplace, Sandy? Sure. I think important thing is to start with some kind of mindfulness training for your employees so that they understand what it is. Because if it's a new idea for people, it's a little hard to understand or to wrap their heads around what exactly are you asking us to do. So I think Mm -hmm. some mindfulness training, and again, you could look for that through your EAP or another outside provider. With the training, you'd give people an opportunity to learn about it, some of the effects that it has and the way that it can be helpful for people. And it also gives them an opportunity to practice it because mindfulness really is a practice that has to be ongoing. And then there are a variety of different ways that you can introduce it to your employees. One of the ways is to start meetings with just a mindful minute where you just take a minute, sometimes even less, and just ask everyone to sit quietly. And if they're comfortable, they can close their eyes and take a couple deep breaths to kind of center and bring everyone's focus and attention to the meeting. Another way is to offer short mindfulness sessions in a quiet space where people can come in if they would like to. It'd be totally voluntary. And you want to probably keep those to about 10 minutes because people are busy and feel like, oh, I can't give up much more time than that. What is typically used for those are guided meditations that usually are app-based. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of apps out there that people can download and choose different topics that the meditations focus on, or it might just be quiet music, or it might be nature sounds. There's a lot of different types of meditation out there, and people can choose what they feel benefits them the most. And you just search in your app store for mindfulness, and yes. they'll probably pop up. Oh, yes. Okay. Lots of them will That's be popping great. up these yeah. days. Mm-hmm. Another thing that people can do in the workplace is mindful movement choose to do it yourself at your desk or while you're reheating your coffee at the microwave or as you're walking down the hall to lunch, just to move a little bit. We are very sedentary. We're very desk and computer focused at our work for the most part. And it is really important to take that time to move, to stretch the spine, to move the neck and get the kinks out. And while you do those things, if you again are aware of your breath, and you're taking some inhales and exhales while you're doing that, you're slowing your body down a little bit, calming it, calming that nervous system. And all of those things have a cumulative positive effect on how you feel and how you move through your day and, you know, how productive you are, what your focus is. So aside from having Sandy do some of those on a weekly basis for people who want to come in, we also will have Sandy come up at the start of an all staff meeting. So we do those once a month or every other month and Sandy kicks it off for us. And those are really great. So as we wrap this episode up, maybe Sandy could walk us through a mindfulness exercise right now. Sure. I'd be happy to do a mindful moment. However, we just need to throw this little caveat in there. If you happen to be driving while you're listening, our attorney has asked us to remind you not to close your eyes while you do this. Yeah, that would be good. Never know. You can always call this back up and listen to it at another time. So you want to be sitting or laying down. But in this example, I'm going to assume everyone's sitting. We don't want any funny looks in the office if you 
you know, flatten yourself out on the floor. <laughs> so if you want to take a minute and be aware of your posture, your feet should be flat on the floor, legs should not be crossed. Your hands can rest on your legs or at your sides, whatever's comfortable. You should be sitting with a straight back, not rigid, but straight with the shoulders down and you can even kind of imagine a string from the top of your head up to the ceiling so that you're nice and straight. And part of that reason is to allow enough room for those deep inhales and exhales. If you're comfortable, you can close your eyes or just look softly at the floor. And you can start by taking a deep inhale in through your nose. And you can think about filling your chest and then your rib area and your belly. At the top of that inhale, hold for a minute, and then start to exhale slowly, letting the air out of your belly, and then your rib area, and then your chest. And as you continue to inhale slowly, take that little break at the top of the inhale, and exhale slowly. Try to stay focused on your breath. And feel yourself settle into your chair. Loosen your arms and your legs. If you find yourself thinking about other things, let that pass through your mind like a leaf floating down a stream and just go back to focusing on your breathing. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. And before you move back into your day, just gently move your fingers or your toes Roll your shoulders back a little. Open your eyes back up. And come back to your room or your desk. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Thank you very Sandy. much, Sandy. Is everyone feeling very zen-like? Yes. Yes. I think like we should start, start every podcast record with a mindfulness. I was going to say we should re-record this episode. We'll all be a lot more yes. Terry Gross-esque, <laughs> NPR-ish. Well, thank you very much, Sandy, for your time. This month's listener shout-out is Bill Pakluda, who is the Associate Director of Benefits at Gartner. He gave us our first-ever feedback on a podcast episode. And we'd also love to hear from you as well. Drop us a line at podcast at ifebp.org. Who knows? We might just give you a shout-out on a future episode. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. And subscribe to it in iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you prefer, so that our episodes will automatically appear on your mobile device. Today's program is copyrighted in 2019 by the International Foundation of Employee Benefit Plans, all rights reserved. The opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers and not to be used as legal counsel. Why are you panting on the mic? Wow. My character's backstory, uh, traveling salesman. 
Oh, I have to read too? Oh my gosh. Just pretend to read. I'm not really good at words. Next month, a professional actor. Thank you. <laughs>